Remaining in Canada, the first time we learned a dream was not in our beds. It was not in the classroom, and it was not in front of a television screen. The first time we learned a dream was on a frozen patch of water, somewhere near our home with a pair of hand-me-down hockey skates on our feet. Once we became of age, we were registered for minor hockey, then on through the system, until the chosen few carried on towards the pros with stars in their eyes. For those that didn't make it, the vast majority of us, your story probably sounds a lot like mine. Down to the ring, to the pond, to the river, there's a game going on, going on forever. I'm a pretty typical hockey dad. I have three sons playing hockey. I've been a minor league hockey coach since my oldest started hockey at the age of five, and I continue to be involved 11 years later. I grew up playing hockey, and I continue to play in a community beer league, often leaving the house at 10 p.m. to join the boys for a cold game on a Friday night in January. Like many hockey dads and moms across the country, I've spent a lot of time in rinks. Nowadays, I try to view the game through the eyes of my kids. I'm Max McKinnon, and I play for the Adam Double Hawks, and I'm D. That's Max, my youngest son. He has been playing hockey for five years now, and his experience is already quite different than mine at his age. What's undoubtedly true is that the game overall has changed significantly in the last 30 years. As a fan, it's been a fascinating ride, from the time of Gretzky to Sydney, Alex, and now Connor. The game has gotten faster, the hits are harder, and the salaries are definitely bigger, as the culture is more broad as the game struggles to become more inclusive. Like all things in popular culture, we've seen hockey evolve, grow, and struggle to keep up with our shrinking world. As a hockey dad and now coach, the changes in minor hockey are equally obvious. Kids are devoting more time to the game, often playing year-round and specializing at earlier and earlier ages. The experience is being designed more like the professional leagues. Formation of elite teams often come with increased travel, higher expectations, and as a consequence, increased cost. As this happens and the game evolves, overall enrollment is decreasing and the attrition of athletes over the years has increased. We've had this outcome-focused, business-driven approach to sports it doesn't really fit the needs and the priorities of the children playing. It's far more focused on, on the business and the adult side of things. And so obviously when you ask young children to do adult type things, most of them get bored quick and walk away. And that's why we lose three quarters of kids to sports, I think, or, or, or a big part of it, because it's just not a really great place to be when they've got a lot of other choices. That's John O'Sullivan. CEO of the Changing the Game Project, an organization whose mission is to return youth sports to our children. For John, values of commitment, hard work, respect, and integrity have been corrupted in organized sport in favor of a pyramid model run more like a business than a game. Because of this, you know, massive growth of sport as a business uh, that's now uh, in the United States, a $15 billion a year business. Um, which is a huge number. You know, what we have is this push to commit kids at younger ages to a single sport, so what we would call specialization. Um, we have this emphasis, well, we got to get the kids in our club 
So we need to focus on outcomes. So we're, we're totally looking at the wrong finish line for, um, you know, if we're coaching a bunch of nine-year-olds to be great at 11 is very different than coaching them to still be in the game at 16 or 17 and be very, very good then. In his book, Changing the Game, John looks at how we reclaim sport based on the needs, values, and priorities of the kids, not the needs of parents and coaches. In this effort, sport becomes about being an extension of what we value in life, not about winning a trophy. For those in John's camp, it's time to take back what's become a $15 billion market in the U.S. and see sport through the eyes of our young players. Steps are being taken to guide parents and coaches to be able to facilitate the right mindset young people need to succeed on and off the pitch, ice, or court. Perhaps more accurately, it is a call to action to preserve the wide-eyed enthusiasm that our children came to sports with in the first place. It's fun hanging out with the boys. It's, it's competitive, though, but it's right at the right level. That It's still good for us. To, that's probably the main reason that I like playing hockey so much. That's my 14-year-old son, Morgan. He has been playing hockey since he was four and seems to enjoy the game now as much as he ever has. Even as he comes to terms with the fact that the NHL is not in his future. He will be a great beer league hockey player, and maybe someday we will have the opportunity to share the ice together as he gets older. I just hope he will pass to me. I'm happy and lucky that my boys have all had good experiences throughout their relatively short hockey careers. They have been exposed to good coaches, surrounded by supportive families, and hopefully have had guidance from both their mom and dad. However, I am certainly aware that this is not the case for all children who play the game, and I am increasingly aware that there are many kids who never get to experience the game at all. Hockey was the one that was on the back of our $5 bill. Hockey was the one that was, you know, one of the sports that was made, you know, official. In law, as one of Canada's official games, this was supposed to be the game that was accessible to everybody. And, and now, increasingly, I think the concern is that it's not. That's sports writer and author Sean Fitzgerald. Sean is a masterful storyteller and followed the Ontario Hockey League team, the Peterborough Peets, for an entire season. He used the Peets story as a framework to explore the game of hockey from 30,000 feet, presenting concerns, triumphs, wins, and fails. Hockey is supposed to be fun. Hockey is a game that if you close your eyes and you think of hockey in Canada, you very likely see a gentle snow falling on a frozen pond against the backdrop of children's laughter as they play, right? Like that's, that's what... That's what Rock Carrier wrote about in the hockey sweater. Remember the, the poor child in, in Quebec who got the leaf sweater from <laughs> Eaton's? Um, but that's, that's what hockey is in our imagination, sort of the, the, the idea of free play. But, you know, the challenge now is that, you know, even at the house league level, you know, certainly once you get into the competitive stream, the notion of free play is gone. That, you know, natural ice rinks, you know, as a function of climate change, if we can go down that road, they're not, they're not around as much. And, and when you do get on the ice, it's not to play and have fun and work on your imagination and, and your creativity. It's usually with a bunch of adults who are looking very serious and putting you through very serious drills because your parents are paying a lot of money to rent that artificial ice. And, and the concept of free play, of just letting them out there to play shinny for whatever, it's, it's largely gone. And if it is there, it's just a rare treat that you get you know, over the course of three or four practices in a week that... Everything is structured now, and that notion of fun 
you know, is, is drummed out of the game easily if you don't have coaches who are vigilant in maintaining that in their practice plans. I highly recommend Sean's recently published book, Before the Lights Go Out, A Season Inside a Game on the Brink. When you spend as much time in the rinks as I have, there's one thing that you do. You talk. Waiting for practice to begin, waiting for a game to end, or between periods, you have conversations with other dads and moms, grandparents, coaches, and even the rink attendants. You talk about work and the weather, politics and life, but mostly you talk about hockey. How does the team look this year? What do you think about the coaching strategy? How much are we paying for hockey sticks and gear? What are the boys and girls learning about hockey and about life? Many of the discussions center around some of the very concerns both John O'Sullivan and Sean Fitzgerald are bringing to the table. This podcast is about exploring and recreating some of those fascinating discussions I've had over the years about the game, its past and its future. I will talk to coaches, moms and dads, referees, hockey buddies, and perhaps most importantly, the kids themselves. Their perspective is fascinating if we take the time to listen. Now tell me, and tell me the truth. Do you think hockey helps you build life skills? And if so, which which ones? Yeah, I would definitely agree with like the hard work component and being part of a team. Like, you know, you're showing up, you're working hard, like no matter where you play, like you need to show up, you need to work hard, like supporting the people around you. And I think that could go a long way. That's Malcolm McKinnon, 16 years old and playing midget league hockey and still enjoying the game. Since we've learned to walk, we've played games. It's in our blood. It's how we form some of our first bonds, and it's what keeps us together. Eventually, as we grow, games become practice, and practice becomes sport. It begs the question, what are sports for? Why do we play the game? Youth sports have become, for some, about outcomes, specialization, and keeping up with the Joneses. What was once playing for the love of the game has in many respects become an industry like any other. What do we stand to lose if the game we love becomes a commodity instead of a passion? Will we be able to remember why we first started playing? Where does the balance lie in 2020? I think my son's friend Clark summed it up well when I asked him this question. We get pretty crazy around hockey though, don't we? Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Because it's a fun sport and then a lot of people like it and then they're trying to make it better. Let's explore the games and the ideas we've introduced here in more depth as we continue to watch our kids play hockey with dreams of making it to the show. There's hockey on TV it's Saturday night At the rink across the road They play under the lights Come winter time it's the game that we love I just play for fun but there's hockey in my blood Down to the rink Thank you for listening to Going to the Show. If you have comments about what you have heard, stories you would like to share, or ideas about future episodes, please feel free to contact me via the email address goingtotheshowpod at gmail.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.